is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 416. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. We are back. Jason, we're back. We're back. This is the uh, the mid-season premiere? Premiere. The mid-season premiere, as they premier. say in Europe. Premiere. It's not premiere, it's premiere. Premiere. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the point is we're back. Not that we ever really went anywhere, uh, but here we are. Recording our podcast for season nine, episode nine of The Walking Dead, the mid-season premiere. Nine, nine. Nine, nine. What does that mean? Nothing. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, it's season nine, episode nine. Nine, nine. It is. Is that like the champagne episode of this season? Is that, what? You know how what they- Nine when, have to do with champagne. No, no, no. When you're, when the, um, when you turn the age of the date of your birthday, that's your champagne birthday. So when I turned 26 on the 26th of January, that yeah. was my champagne birthday. That doesn't make any sense. Why is it a champagne birthday? I don't know. You're supposed to drink champagne, maybe? Okay. It's, well, my birthday is also the 26th. I did not know that it was called a champagne birthday, so too late for me, I guess. I guess so, yeah. I The only reason I know this or that it's on my mind is because one of my kids recently turned 12 on the 12th, and it was her oh, champagne birthday, yeah. There. Well, that was easy. Well, this is the... Did you give her champagne? Yes. Sweet. She didn't drink any, though. Oh. Yeah, probably for the best. Uh, so this is season nine, episode nine, the champagne episode of season nine, anyways. And we're going to recap it. But first, I, I just want to do a couple of things. First of all, welcome back, everyone. Uh, you know, if you're a listener who doesn't tune in during the hiatus or during the off season, I hope you're back. And uh, I'd just like to welcome you. Here we are. And also anyone else who's new to the podcast, if you've just found us, if you just picked up The Walking Dead for some reason and you went looking for a podcast and you found us, I'm very grateful that you're here and you're listening and uh, I hope you enjoy what you hear. So um, welcome. Welcome everyone to the show. Me, you, listeners, everyone. Welcome back, y'all. That's right. Welcome back, y'all. So we will be recapping Season 9, Episode 9, but I just wanted to quickly do a follow-up on something we talked about. It was either last podcast or the one before. I'm no longer sure anymore. But Am I in trouble again? Did I say something wrong? No, no, you didn't say anything wrong. Not this time. Okay, good. <laughs> um, we talked about The Walking Dead being renewed for Season 10. Mm -hmm. and how a lot of outlets were reporting that the renewal was imminent for season 10, and then it just never really happened. Right. Well, now it's officially happened. Oh, okay. So it was imminent. Well, not really, because that was back in, you know, early January, and here we are mid-February, or at least the first week of February, and now finally we have the official announcement from AMC that The Walking Dead will be returning for season 10. Well, in geologic time, they basically happened at the same time. You're absolutely correct about that, but in normal... You know, in 50,000 years from now, when they say that season 10 was uh, announced, uh, that it was imminent in early January, and it was actually announced in early February, they're going to be like, yeah, well, that just happened at the same time. That's true. That That is very true. However, in normal, like, human perception of time, it was about a month apart. So um, the official Walking Dead underscore AMC Twitter account 
announced it by posting a video on Twitter, which features the Whisperers. So some people mm. in some, you know, Walking Dead skin masks uh, announcing that there would be a season 10. And what this also indicates to me is that the Whisperers probably will also be around for season 10 which isn't that big of a surprise, I guess, but... Who knows? They might take over. I mean, they might just roll the cast into The Whisperers and uh, change the name of the show from The Walking Dead to The Whisperers. The Walking Whispering Dead. Maybe. The Walking Whispering Dead. Yeah. Well, um, not that that was any sort of big item up for debate that The Whisperers would be around after season nine, but you never know, really. And I think having them... Or having a whisperer sort of announce this in this video gives us a pretty good idea that they're going to stick around. Now, it's interesting, Jason, that you mentioned that maybe they'll just roll the current cast into the whisperers. That's not going to happen. But two other points I wanted to address while talking about the renewal for season 10 is that, first of all, Denai Guerrera is not signed for season 10 yet, as far as I know. So we've already lost... Andrew Lincoln as Rick Grimes. Uh-huh. We have basically lost Lauren Cohan as Maggie. Uh-huh. And it's kind of looking like we might lose Denai Guerrera as Michonne for season 10. Chandler Riggs. Chandler that, Riggs is gone. That's the whole family except for Judith. She's the only one left. She is the only one left. So with all these people gone, um, I feel like the show is going to be very, very different come October 2019 when season 10 premieres. Yeah, I can see it, though. I can see Denai Guerrera uh, leaving, first of all, career-wise, you know, making a choice and not coming back. Yeah. And I can see the show without her, frankly. Can, can you really? I mean, I, can. I, you know, you might be onto something there. I, I, two years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to admit to you that I could see the show without Rick Grimes on it. But now that we're here, I sort of yeah. can. Uh, Maggie. I would have maybe said the same thing, but again, now that we're here, I kind of can see it and I'm, I'm having trouble imagining it without Michonne, but now that I've kind of gotten used to those other two characters being gone, I'm sort of open to the idea that Michonne would be gone too. Yeah. Now Enid, I can't have the show without Enid now. (laughs) Well, she's an important, she's in an important relationship on the show now, so she can't just be gone. Yeah. Um, what about Daryl and Carol? They are the two that have signed on for the foreseeable future already. Yeah. Well, they're running the show now or leading the show now. So, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Norman Reedus makes a butt ton of money on this show as it stands. So I don't feel like he's going anywhere, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Michonne Denai Guerrero might be gone. It's arguable that she, of all the actors on this show, has the biggest career outside of The Walking Dead with her character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mostly, to be honest. Yep. So I, far. What do you mean so far? Well, I mean, she's going to be in other movies, I assume. So right now, all her biggest role outside of The Walking Dead is the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Yeah, but it's a pretty big role. Like, Well, yeah, obviously it's a big role, but I just I think she has great things in store for her in oh. the future. And I think there's going to be some really big movies. Maybe once the MCU takes a big giant shit and uh, nobody watches those movies anymore, <laughs> which is going to happen. It's got to happen, right? I don't know, man. I MCU don't know. MCU can't go on forever. 
it's going pretty strong right now. That Avengers Endgame is going to be the biggest movie of all time. I guarantee it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the Spice Girls were pretty damn big. And then they went out on stage one time and everybody booed them. That doesn't right? sound fun. I don't remember No, that. it's not fun at all because, you know, this, this shit happens. You get so big that people just go, you know what? I'm done with this. Yeah. I, I feel like the MCU has successfully not, not, they're not quite there at the point of like resetting itself yet, but I feel yeah. like it's been going strong for so long. I have a, I have a hard yes. time imagining the world without the MCU. Well, yes, that's true. I mean, look at, uh, uh, oh, I forget the name of the song already. <laughs> Is it a recent oh, song? It's gone. No. Or song from the eighties. <laughs> yeah. I was going to bring something up, but the Macarena, that was huge. Oh, and yeah. um, then there was a big backlash. I guess. I, I it guess. It happens. It happens. You can get too big and then the shit can turn on you real quick. All right. Maybe. Um, however, at this point, I think Denai Guerrero probably looks at her career and goes, you know, I'm doing pretty well in Black Panther and the rest of the Avengers movies. So maybe I'll go do that for a while. Unless the Walking Dead wants to drive a dump truck of money up to my house and just empty it on my front lawn. It might, might not be about the money too, right? It might be about stretching your acting legs. It's very true. It's very true. You know, you've been doing the show for a while. It's comfortable. And maybe she's the type of person that doesn't like to stay within her comfort zone. As soon as you get comfortable, you bugger off and do something else. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you could be right like about that. that. Um, well, the other thing is that Lauren Cohan, as we know, is off the show for the foreseeable future, but she was recently asked about, you know, coming back or what she's going to do within the walking dead universe. And someone asked her about, could they ever do a Maggie spinoff show? And uh, she said, quote, there have been some conversations, but everything is so early days ambiguous. Me, as much as anybody, will have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, some conversations. Hey, you want to do a Maggie spinoff show? What are you, stupid? Yeah, her answer is no. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. And then uh, Angela Kang goes, yeah, you're probably right. That's yeah. a dumb idea. Yeah, that was Kirkman's idea. Let's just ignore what he says. Yeah. That's the first conversation. And then like two years later, there's another conversation. That was Kirkman with the, uh, yeah. So who knows? Right. But I, I, yeah, just because there's been conversations. I mean, I've had conversations where you've decided absolutely that you're not going to do something. And then I don't go and say, well, you know, we've had conversations. <laughs> That's misleading. I but. do hope that Maggie comes back to the main show, though, to be honest. Even if it's just to wrap her story up a little bit more, uh, I feel like she just kind of disappeared from the it show. It was a little so. odd. It was, it was, it feels a little odd that she just kind of disappeared off screen, right? Like she just decided that, you know, because of the Rick thing, I understand why they did it. They didn't want to overshadow, uh, Andrew, Andrew Lincoln leaving the show. Yeah. So they kind of did it, uh, in, during that, you know, the, the break where we jumped ahead in time. Uh, but it's still, it feels unfinished. So yeah, I agree with you. She's got to come back and decide to leave and everybody's got to be sad and then she's going to leave and, you know, walk off into the sunrise and, uh, away she goes. Yeah. She's going to go east. She's going to go east, not west. Okay. Well, fair enough. Now we have season 10 officially happening. So Lauren Cohan, get back to the show for season 10. I'm sure they'll, they'll do something awesome and you can, you can leave on a high note. Uh, rather than just disappear into the mm -hmm. sunrise, as, True. as you said. That's right. <laughs> right off into the sunrise. 
All right. Well, that's it for that for now. We've got season 10 coming. We still have the back half of season nine to get through. And that's what we're going to do right now when we recap season nine, episode nine, titled Adaptation. 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 It was directed by Greg Nicotero. He is the head of the visual effects for the show, also a very talented director and writer. He does almost everything. Um, and a very nice guy. When I met him at a Walker Soccer Con, we had a chat for a minute. And he told me about how he really enjoyed working on the Serenity movie, the Firefly mm-hmm. movie, which was which was yeah. fun. It was very cool. It's, it's a great movie. And I, I didn't even know he worked on it, to be honest. So I was caught off guard because I was wearing my Serenity shirt. And uh, he pointed it out that day. Here's the odd thing. You're wearing your Serenity shirt right now. To be honest, that's why I thought of it, because I'm wearing the shirt and oh, uh, it all came together in my mind. But yeah. Good for you. All right. So this is season nine, episode nine. We pick up right where we left off uh, in season or uh, in episode eight in that cemetery. Jesus is dead. There are whisperers around. We hear them whispering, you die now, stuff like that. And Michonne and Daryl are there. They're killing some zombies. Maybe they're killing some whisperers. We're not quite sure. It's all dark and foggy. And you can't really tell what's a walker, what's a whisperer. Um, So they're just defending themselves as best they can. They grab Jesus' body and run through the gate, sliding a latch behind them as they go. And just before we go to the opening credits, we see one of the walkers sort of reach down and slowly unlatch the gate yeah so not a a pretty cool shot actually it was not a walker definitely a human wearing a zombie mask because zombies can't open gates the only problem i had with this really was that uh in the in the mid-season finale uh they were in a pretty tight spot and they had no way to get out and now they just left um well the gate was open right so they just needed to to defend themselves long enough to collect the body and go didn't they yeah, but it just, it seemed like in the mid-season finale that they had, uh, they were, they were surrounded. They were in dire straits. Oh my God, what do we do? Uh, we're stuck because they ran and they kind of got into this area to try and protect themselves because they were surrounded. Right. It just, it seemed like a, uh, a last stand location. And now they just left. It's like, ah, fuck it. We're leaving. Yeah. But remember they, the gate wouldn't open cause it was, um, blocked by the soil or the dirt kind of built up against the bottom of it. And they managed to get it open. Uh, after they tried to push Eugene over the fence and they couldn't do it. So, so the gate was open in the, at the end of episode eight. Um, so it doesn't, it didn't bother me that they had to just kind of fight their way through a little bit more until they could get everyone through the gate and lock it behind them. Cause they'd already pushed it open. Okay. But I see what you're saying. Like it was kind of a, a moment where you'd think, boy, they're in pretty big trouble here. Um, something bad's going to happen. But, you know, Jesus dying was pretty bad. That's true. You know? That's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. (laughs) If only the gate was open. Yeah, if only. So after our opening credits, we are, we come back to nighttime at Alexandria, and Negan is escaping his cell. As we know, the door to his cell was left open, and he's gotten out. So he was quietly making his way through town, and I thought it was weird that, like, nobody was around. Well, I mean, it is pretty peaceful nowadays, right? They've got people on the walls watching out. Mm-hmm. They don't have any reason for people to watch in. I mean, sure, he's running amok, eating tomatoes and, uh, you know, causing trouble. 
like doing what uh, what kids do when they when they break out at night when they sneak out at night eat your tomatoes and eat steal your shovels and just kind of you know mess up people's gardens and uh, break into people's houses and steal their shit yeah uh, yeah that's what kids do that's what you did right that's what I did sure when I was about your daughter's age probably not much older <laughs> great <laughs> hopefully she's not breaking into <laughs> houses and stealing shovels and stuff like that. Uh, but you're right. He eats a tomato. He grabs a shovel. I just thought it was weird that that there was like nobody around. But I guess I guess you make a good point. They're they're on the walls. They're looking out. They're not really monitoring the streets inside the walls because what could possibly go wrong inside the walls? Yeah, and I mean he's not trying to get out through the gate. He's caught, you know, climbing the fence. Right? Sure. So there's definitely people on the gate. Yeah, I I guess so. There must be. Um, but he makes his way into one of the houses and he goes upstairs to Judith's bedroom and he steals a pocket compass. Yeah. From the room. I mean, if you're a grown ass man that just broke out of jail, don't break into a little girl's bedroom. No, it kind of makes you look bad. Yeah, it's 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 not the best. The optics aren't good. They're definitely not good. Uh, but after he does that, we cut to morning because now it's lighter out and he's changed clothes. So I guess he stole some clothing as well. From Judith. Yeah. Put, on, put on a disguise. Yeah, they were in Judith's closet. <laughs> I guess so. Why not? Um, he goes to climb one of the walls, as you said, but Judith, Judith shows up in her pajamas. So she must have heard him and followed him or something like that. And she's pointing her dad's python at him. And she says, you can't leave. But eventually he convinces her to let him go. Yeah. She holds up. Did, did it strike you as uh, as odd that she held up that very heavy python for a very long time? I couldn't have held it up as long as she did. Yeah, but you've got weak little puny arms. She's got. That's a heavy gun. Hold that out for a good five minute conversation. That's not an easy thing to do. You try it with. Uh, you take something that's five or six pounds and you hold it out at arm's length for five minutes. I'm going to try that tomorrow. Okay. Give it a shot. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, Negan convinces her, you know, to, to let him go by saying things like the world has changed, but he hasn't. You know, he's been stuck in, stuck in this cell for six years and he promises that he won't hurt anyone anymore. You know, I'm not going to hurt anyone from now on. And um, he offers to give back the compass, but she says to keep it because it'll help him find his way. Mm -hmm. And she also says that if I see you again, I'll shoot next time. Yep. But the fact is, he kind of talks his way into to leaving. He convinces a little girl that, you know, I'm a criminal, yes, but I'm not the same man I used to be. Just, you know, you didn't, you didn't let me go. You just didn't see me escape kind of thing. Right. So... I don't know. Um, you have little girls. How easy is it to uh, convince them to uh, to let you do what you want to do? Well, I mean, it, it depends. <laughs> it's sometimes not that easy. <laughs> well, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. <laughs> depends if they want to be on board with what I want to do. Then it's yeah, easy. Yeah, you, you might be able to talk them into doing something that they want to do. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Negan climbs the wall. And he's gone. We go over to Hilltop and Luke comes strolling out, seemingly no nothing to do, you know, just hanging around. And he overhears Alden, Enid, Tara, DJ, and Marco talking about going out to look for Michonne, who, of course, is out stuck in the cemetery. And Luke's got nothing to do, so he volunteers to go out and help. And Alden agrees to ride with him because, you know, they don't really know Luke. 
they can't just go out. He can't just go out on his own, but Alden's a responsible guy. He'll take him out and they'll do something useful. Um, we go over to Michonne's group. It's now daytime. They've escaped the cemetery. And of course that's Magna, Yumiko, Daryl, Aaron, Eugene, and Jesus's body. Um, they get to some horses where I guess they left them to start the trip home. And on the way, Michonne admits to Daryl, she has now, you know, vouched for Magna's group. I guess she trusts them now. And they talk about how it's going to mean a lot and be hard for everyone to bring back dead Jesus, Mm -hmm. which it would be, of course, he's an important guy. Everyone loves him. Um, Michonne and Daryl then apologize to each other for not being able to recover Rick's body. It's kind of a reference to Rick not being around anymore and, you know, Daryl going out to look for him and just not getting a lot of closure with the whole Rick disappearing thing. Right. Well, it brings them closer together. That's true. They're finally talking, which is nice. That's true. I mean, it's taken a long time, I guess, for them to, to just discuss this whole thing with each other. Uh, the rest of the group, as they're walking, talk about, you know, how they shouldn't have been out there. Um, and it was just dangerous for everybody. And, you know, they realize that they're being watched by a bunch of walkers and or whisperers in the woods around them. So they come to a small covered bridge and execute this kind of neat plan. I thought. It was a good, it was very well done. You know, they shot the, uh, the zombies in the leg to try and figure out which ones were zombies, which one were, uh, uh, whisperers. And they did. Yeah, Daryl shoots them in the leg with his with his crossbow, and you know one of them goes down screaming, and ultimately they take a young girl captive who was one of the whisperers. Um, they question her briefly on the spot, but um, don't really get any answers from her. She says it's just her, and but they've got her captured, and they go to commercial break. So it was a pretty good scene. I thought it was fun. I like a good covered bridge first of all, and also yep. just the plan that they came up with seemingly on the spot to shoot them in the leg to determine who's who made a lot of sense. I yep. liked it. After the commercial break, we're back with Negan. He's walking through a forest clearing. He seems to be enjoying the, his newfound freedom, the sun, the fresh air, things like that. He stops for a break in an old kind of burnt out van. I don't know if it was burnt, but it was uh, pretty broken down and he ends up having to kill a zombie, but I noticed it takes him a couple of attempts and I wondered to myself, like, are they, is the show trying to tell us that he's sort of out of practice here? Cause he had to, you know, the zombie didn't go down after the first blow to the head. Yeah. He might be a little bit out of practice, but he also might be extremely weak because if they've, if they've kept him in a cell for years, he, I would be, I think I mentioned this when he first broke out that he'd have a hard time climbing the stairs out of the cell. Yeah, that's kind of a good point. He he would be pretty weak. So whether he was weak or just out of practice, took him a couple couple tries to get this zombie down. Yeah, he climbed a fence. I, I don't think he should have been strong enough to climb that fence, unless they've been giving him yard time, right? They've been taking him out for walks, hmm. put a collar on him or something, and a leash or a man catcher or something, and take him out for a walk. Make him like a human um, tetherball machine where they tether him to a post and say, all right, run around this post until you wind it all up and then run around the other way. <laughs> yeah. That's what they do to horses, right? Do they? <laughs> they Well, they put horses on a, a thing that turns to get, take them for a walk in circles. Oh yeah. Well, they do go. that or ponies or donkeys or 
something. Sounds like the kind of thing they might do, but. <laughs> Is that the Conan? You remember watching Conan back in the 80s? No, never have. That's how he got strong, right? That's how Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's how he got so Arnold Schwarzenegger big when he was captured as a young boy because they uh, they tethered him to this thing where he had to walk around in circles. And apparently doing that for 20 years uh, takes you from scrawny boy to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I should try that. In his prime. Right. Like we're course. talking Conan, right? This yeah, is yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger at his most Arnie. At his most Arnie. Well, I should try that because I can use a little more Arnold Schwarzenegger in my physique. Yeah, just walk around in circles, uh, you know, pulling on something for uh, 20 years. Give it a shot. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. I'll try. Well, Negan, um, he also gets attacked by like a super gross burnt out zombie in the back of a pickup truck. Mm -hmm. Just totally, completely black and disgusting. And he uses, I think, his shovel and just decapitates it. Chops the yeah. head right the F off. Nice. It was pretty awesome. And uh, the head was still snapping afterwards. Well, that's like, how they That work. didn't kill the zombie. It really, you know, uh, disaffected? No. Made them very ineffective. Mm -hmm. But uh, did not kill that zombie. No. It's still snapping head. That's how they work. You, yeah. you got to destroy that brain. Well- he tries to drink some stream water, but it makes him puke. Was it just dirty water? What was going on there? Well, I mean, it's a dumb idea. Yeah, it was dirty water. I mean, he shouldn't have, shouldn't have drank the dirty water. Yeah, but I mean, it was river water. You think it wouldn't? He needs water it's full of bacteria. You still need to boil water. It's you don't need to boil water because there's humans around. Well, I guess so. Yeah. Well, it makes him makes him throw up. But the whole thing just seemed like he was suffering a lot. You know, he. He 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 kind of looked thinner to me. Jeffrey D. Morgan's always looked a bit thin. He's but a thin guy. Like he's not that big. No, he's well, not. He's but tall, but he's thin. He's it, always been thin. I know, I know. And he's never had much of an ass on him. But he he looks thin. At least the thin is kind of working for the character now. Whereas before, right. you know, he would he you'd think he'd be this big muscular, well fed dude. But now he's been in a jail cell for six years, so he looks thin. So finally, his thinness works. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he seems to be suffering and we go over back to Hilltop where Michonne and the group are arriving back now. Uh, everybody comes out to see dead Jesus. They're all very sad. And Daryl, Magna, Yumiko take his body off the horse and uh, we go to a commercial break. But what I didn't like about this scene is... It, it's supposed to be this big emotional moment. They're coming back with Jesus. He's dead. You know, that's troublesome. And it works to have Tara there and Enid there and stuff like that, because these are the people that know him. But it kind of bugged me that you have the new characters, Magna and, and um, Yumiko, taking, taking his body from the horse. I feel like it's the show kind of trying to make us get used to them being around. You know what I so mean? So cynical. I know, but... I mean, think about it. Let's say, you know, we were out somewhere. I got killed by someone wearing a zombie mask. And then ah, let's call it a bear. You got killed by a bear. I got killed by a bear. You take me back to our settlement and like some like missed, like new unknown people are the ones that like take my body off. Wouldn't that be kind of insulting? Don't you think those people would want to like hang back and let yeah. the, let the family members deal with it? So, like, all of a sudden, Nikki and Paolo show up, and they start uh, acting like they've been there the whole time? Exactly. <laughs> okay. That's what I I'm saying. I can see that. That's what I'm saying, right? It just, the show is trying to force us to connect with these new characters, which, to be honest, they're already doing an okay job making us connect with them, I think. They're characters that are interesting, 
have a bit of a story to them and we'll get to know them. We, it seems like a small thing and I'm harping on it, but we don't need them to be the ones to like collect his body off the horse. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I did not notice that at all. Well, I pick up on these things (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) The, The social aspects of the zombie apocalypse, uh, in its, you know, minutest form or something that you pick up on. I think about these things like, you know, you want to, exactly. You want to make sure that social order of things are still running properly. And I don't think it was here. I don't think of people that way. No. That they're new people, old people, annoying people. I mean, sure, that's all, that's all there. But, you know, if you want to help drag a body off a horse, have at it. Everyone's an annoying person to you, I think is what you're saying. Well, no, not everyone. Just people. (laughs) Just most people. (laughs) Just most people. Right. Well, after our commercial break, we come back and they're bringing blindfolded Lydia in. We're going to start using her name. uh, Lydia. It's not revealed on the show yet, but the, the girl they captured at the covered bridge, her name is Lydia. So they're bringing her in and as they pass by Tammy... She asks if she's the one who killed Jesus and, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to lock her up? What's going on? Uh, Tara says they need to get some answers. And Tammy reminds Tara that they're looking to her for leadership now, Mm -hmm. which seemed a little on the nose. You know, it's like, okay, Jesus is dead. Tara, now you're the leader. We're going to look to you for leadership. So don't don't forget that. It's fair, but it's not the kind of thing people say out loud, I don't think. You know what I mean? Well, maybe not in my personal life. At work, people say that. Do they? So sort of, yeah. When when the leader at work dies, they say to the next well, no, person. Well, they don't say, you know, when the leader at work, like, we don't have leaders at work, but we talk about leadership. Yeah, I, I guess so. People I, are going to be looking to you. You need to mentor them. You need to, uh, to help them out. I just feel like we already know that now Tara is going to step into that role. In fact, she already had in a, in a great... In a big way. Yeah, but so. there's been a, a break here. We need to tell the audience what's going on, right? So remind so the audience. Yeah, remind the audience. I mean, it, it, I've seen more blatant examples of this, uh, like in the uh, uh, Justice League movie, mm-hmm. when uh, Wonder Woman lassoed that guy right at the beginning, and she asked him a question, and then she said, you have to answer me, you've got the lasso around you. It's like, yeah, really? Did you have to tell him that? Is it a spell? Do you have to cast a spell and you have to tell him that uh, he's got the lasso of truth, that he has to has to speak the truth? No, us, the audience, needed to know about Wonder Woman's lasso because we've had our heads up our asses for the last 40 years. We don't know that Wonder Woman has a lasso of truth and anytime she uses it, you actually have to tell the truth. You know, you're absolutely right. They They need to make sure the audience understands that, otherwise they won't get what's going on in the scene. And, you know, I guess it's the same thing here. Jesus is dead, so long live Tara. That's right. And Tammy needed to remind us of that. Anyways, she did. We go down into the cellar. Henry is still locked up there. I completely forgot that Henry was still down, was down there at all. But he is. Yep. And uh, Daryl tells him that Jesus is dead, and they throw Lydia in a cell and start to confront her. Before we get any information there, we go back to Negan. He's now in a town, 
and he comes to a menswear shop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hat store. I call it the hat store. It was a hat store. Was it actually well, a hat store? Well, there was store? A, the section on the side that said, now there's hats and there was a hat hanging in the window. That'd be the first thing I would do if I were out and about in a zombie apocalypse. I'd look for a hat store because I'd need a really good zombie apocalypse hat. Well, absolutely. You have to keep the sun off your face. I mean, I'm a pretty pale freaking dude. And if I'm in the sun for any amount of time, I turn into a lobster. I don't tan. I go immediately to burn. Right. And in the zombie apocalypse, I don't want to be suffering from a bad sunburn on top of everything else that's going on. Yeah. I'd look for a sombrero, personally. The biggest one I could find. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're all pretty big. I mean, there's sombreros, right? It's, they're meant to keep the sun off of you. I know, but can you can you get like a three-foot brim sombrero? Because that would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> Why don't I have one of those? <laughs> I'm going to look for one on the internet right now. Perfect. Jason's going to buy one of those. We'll post a picture if he ever gets one. <laughs> I used to have a sombrero. I don't know what happened to it. Well, I bet it wasn't three feet wide. It was pretty big. It was red and silver and gold. It was awesome. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, Negan goes into the shop. He's looking for some supplies. He finds a flashlight. That's it so far. And he comes across some kind of weird like mannequin setup. Uh, but one of the mannequins is actually a dead body. So... I feel like maybe there was somebody living in there for a while with his mannequin family, and then... Yeah, this was definitely, um, what was that Will Smith movie, where he's alone in New York? I Am Legend. Yes. Where he starts interacting with mannequins. That's what, you know, that's what you do. Right, you need friends, If you, and if you don't have a, a, a volleyball, you... Yeah, Last Man on Earth did the same thing. That's right. right. So this is what you do when you're all by yourself. You find yourself a nice mannequin family. Sure. And eventually it goes bad and you kill yourself in front of your mannequin family. I'm a little surprised that he didn't first, or she, I guess I don't know the gender of the zombie, the dead person. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't kill all the mannequins first. Well, you don't want them to suffer without you. So you should definitely murder your mannequin family before you murder yourself. Yeah, you got to, you know, you have to decide whether or not you're going to be, you know, going to just commit suicide or you're going to become a family annihilator where you kill your whole family then yourself. Right. And, you know, kill your mannequin family. Put them out of their misery. Yeah. Don't don't kill your real family. You're going to kill yourself. Just kill yourself. I mean, damn it. Uh, Yeah. Let's let's not give anyone any advice ever again. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's not a good idea. Yeah. And don't give people advice. Also, That's my advice. Great. Um, so after he looks at the mannequin massacre there, he, he grabs a really cool looking leather jacket and he's attacked by some wild dogs that seem to yeah, have just- a pack of wild dogs. We haven't seen a pack of wild dogs before. But like they're out of nowhere, you know? Well, that's, what, that's what dogs do. They go in packs and they just, you know, come out of nowhere. So you're saying the dogs weren't in the store when he entered the store and now he's been hanging out there for a few minutes. Suddenly the dogs- like caught a whiff of him and came after him from somewhere. That's right. Okay. Fair enough. I was sort of wondering myself, why weren't the dogs there three seconds ago? But I guess they weren't. That's fine. They they show up. They just, they roam in packs. That's what they do. All right. They're like the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects a pack of wild dogs. Did you notice that none of the dogs had tails? No, I didn't. None of the three dogs had tails. I don't know why, whether they got, you know, that's why they were able to survive because zombies couldn't grab a hold of their tails or maybe zombies got a hold of their tails and somehow ripped them off and they were able to survive the encounter, but none of the dogs had tails. 
is it possible they were just a breeds of dogs that don't really grow long tails? Because there are some, right? Well, there are some, but there are three different kinds of dogs, and none of those dogs had tails. That's weird. I mean, there were little stubby ones. There was like there's one dog that had a little stubby one. It's weird. I didn't notice at all. I wonder if that's intentional. Probably not. Well, when I see dogs in movies and television shows and stuff, and it's obviously that they're trained dogs to do whatever it is they're doing on TV because they don't take on trained dogs and put them on TV. Right. Uh, I look for wagging tails, <laughs> right? Because if the dog tails dog, the, the tails dog, the dog's tail is wagging. That's a happy dog. I think it's just that you can't help but stare at dogs' asses. No, no. I look at their tails. They're different. Oh yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't look at, you know, dog rectums to see if they're puckered. <laughs> For example, <laughs> what else would you be looking at them for, really? Yeah, so I just like look for wagging tails. Look, at and them. when cats are on TV and stuff, I look for tails that are stuck way up in the air, because a cat's tail that's stuck way up in the air—that's a happy cat, <laughs> right? Look at the butthole on that cat. That's a happy yeah, exactly. Cat. So I'm looking for animal buttholes, <laughs> and uh, just to see what's going on. <laughs> well, good man. I'm glad. Um, I'm going to start not doing that. I'll let I'll leave that department up to you. All right, then. Uh, Negan escapes up onto a shelf, and then when he has a chance, he jumps down and makes a break for it. He comes to a door. The door is kind of jammed shut, but he manages to get through just in time. But as he opens the door, there's a zombie right outside. He grabs the zombie, throws it inside, and I guess the dogs eat the zombie instead of Negan. Or the zombie eats the dog. Right? Because well, they're both predators at that point, and it's not like the zombie has a weakness of, uh, you know, the dogs grabbing onto his balls. No, but come on. I mean, three dogs against a zombie, that zombie's going to be torn apart. Yeah, but uh, maybe one of the dogs, too. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe. You're, you're right. Maybe one of the dogs. Either way, Negan gets away. So, I got three problems with this. Okay. One is the dogs gave up way too easy. Two, dog, I was if staring the dogs at their were hungry, the they would have just stayed there. Uh, wandering around. Dogs are not that smart. They're not like, wow, this guy's stuck up in a shelf. I guess that's it then. I'm going to leave. It's well, like, no, I'm going to keep trying to get on that shelf because I'm a hungry dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even then, even if I'm not a hungry dog, dogs will eat regardless of whether they're hungry, right? That's true. And they'll keep eating regardless of whether they get full. Stupid they'll dogs. They'll eat, 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 then throw up, and then eat some more. <laughs> Maybe eat their vomit. They will probably eat their vomit because that's wasting food. Yeah, gross. Anyway, so that's the first problem. The second problem is that uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan didn't pretend very hard to try and break down that door for a while. He's like he was just just jiggling the handle a little bit. Well, it was he was banging on it. Like we heard banging noises, but he wasn't putting any kind of effort into it. And the third problem was that. Uh, why was the zombie right outside the door that opened outwards? You know, wouldn't the zombie be knocked backwards or be at least a couple of steps away? It's like he opened the door and the zombie like took a step forward immediately because he wanted to be right there in front of him to do a jump scare. Yeah, if he was banging on the door at all, the zombie would have been had its face pressed right up against that door, you'd think. And then he opened the door, he banged it open, and uh, the zombie would have gone flying. Maybe it, it was just a bit of problem. Maybe it was just the right timing. The zombie was just approaching the door as he Busted it open and there he was. Right. Or maybe the zombie and the dogs were working in cahoots. Ooh. Yes, they were. They teamed up to capture this delicious looking living guy. Mm-hmm. 
well, either way, it didn't work out because the dogs ended up eating the zombie. And Negan, or, or the other way around. We don't know. Sure, we don't know. The door closed behind Negan and he gets away. Yeah, what happens behind closed doors is entirely up to the people behind those doors. That's very true. Commercial break, and we come back. Luke and Alden are riding their horses. They're talking about Luke being a musician, and Alden admits that he likes to sing once in a while. And uh, Luke suggests that they perform at the upcoming fair together. Yeah. Start and a they band. they talk about becoming a two-man band. That's right. I want to <laughs> see this. Uh, they find an arrow stuck in a tree. And after Luke almost gets eaten by a zombie, they realize that it's Yumiko's arrow and that there's a trail of them. Uh, so they're going to follow this trail, but they also notice that a big herd is passing by nearby. Hmm. Passing by nearby. Yeah. That's what's going on. We go back to Michonne uh, and Tara and Daryl. They're interrogating Lydia at this point. She doesn't give them much information, uh, but she says that her family's all dead. She says that none of them have names, um, that they were good people who just want to live. And she kind of blames, you know, our group for attacking them, which is not how we see it, really. I'm um, not even entirely sure it's true. No, I don't think anybody's attacked anybody at this point, really. Um, well, I mean, the they were attacked and they killed Jesus. Well, okay, sorry, yes. I mean, they followed them, they attacked them, they killed Jesus. I don't think our group, our group has been trying to get away the entire time. There's yeah. been no offensive maneuvers by, by our folks. Yeah, so she's full of shit. Totally full of shit, but she's really just a fairly young teenager probably out of her element here a little bit. And I mean, she's crying profusely through all of this. So she either puts on a really good act or she's really genuinely traumatized by what's going on. Right. Maybe she's being lied to that. Uh, she thinks that they were attacked. Yeah, she could. That's true. Actually, we don't really know the details of what's going on on her side of things. Um, but as this is all going on, we find out that Henry is in the next cell and he's, of course, listening to everything, just sort of staying quiet for now. Mm -hmm. That's uh, the plan. That is the plan, yeah. Outside, um, Daryl and Michonne and, and them are out there. They agree to try again tomorrow, but Michonne says that she has to head back to Alexandria to warn them because she can't leave them sort of not knowing that there's this group of zombie face-wearing murderers out there. Mm-hmm. And she tells Daryl that he'll have to kill Lydia if she won't speak or won't talk. And Daryl okay. knows this. So he's got to do what he's got to do. Uh, we go inside to Sadiq and he's fixing up Eugene's knee, which has been dislocated. And Rosita's there. She tries. <laughs> she's just kind of hanging out because she's recovering, too, from her experience. And Eugene tries to confess his undying love to her. Yeah. Which poor bastard. Poor guy. Yeah. He said that his near death experience in the graveyard made him realize he's done waiting to tell her this. He has to do it now because it all could end at any time. And Rosita gets more and more sort of uncomfortable. She runs outside and you think she's just running outside to get away from this conversation, but she goes outside and she vomits. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's a bit of an extreme reaction to a guy telling you he's in love with you. Oh, yeah. My first instinct, when a woman vomits, throws up and uh, for no reason on a TV show or movie, 
She's pregnant. Every Every time. time. Every time. And in fact, that's what happens here. So Sadiq comes out to you know, help her out. And she realizes he's, he's, uh, she's pregnant, but not with father Gabe's baby, whom she is currently dating, but with Sadiq's baby. Nice. So talk about monkey wrench here. Um, this is a small bunch of communities. Uh, you know, this kind of thing is bound to happen. Right. She says when we were having fun before Gabriel, yeah, probably, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. She's starting to have morning sickness. That's what, six weeks? I don't know. My wife luckily never had very much morning sickness, but maybe six weeks in, sure. But like, like this, like, think about this. This screws up Eugene's life because he's in love with her. It screws up her relationship with uh, uh, Father Gabe, probably. It probably throws a bit of a wrench in Sadiq's life. He didn't see this coming, although he didn't look that disappointed, to be honest with you. And, you know, Eugene hears this through the window, so he definitely knows what's going on. Eh, I think that they're all, if, if this is a problem for everybody, they're stuck in pre-apocalypse morals. I mean, come on. It's a small community. Uh, you know, you got to get it where you can and, uh, you got to start having babies. <laughs> get it where you can. I forget the whole idea of maybe repopulating the earth with living people, but you know, get it where you can. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to have some fun. I mean, that's why they, you know what? That's why it's fun. You know, populating, repopulating the earth is fun. It's probably that's why pretty... there's so many of us right now. <laughs> it's true. People just can't stop repopulating the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, big revelation. Rosita is pregnant with Sadiq's baby. Eugene is trying to profess his undying love to her. And Father Gabe wasn't even in the episode. Well, I guess uh, Eugene should have been, shouldn't have been a shithead and gone over the, to the enemy for so long. That would have helped, maybe. If he just stayed at home, uh, yeah. maybe he would have been able to get with Rosita. Mm-hmm. Like he was. Um, we got over to Daryl and Henry. They're sitting outside the you know, entrance to the basement dungeon and they're chatting and Henry's talking about wanting to find his place at the hilltop because he doesn't really feel like he fits in. And in the foreground, people are digging a grave. So Mm -hmm. they're digging a grave for poor Jesus. And we go to a commercial break. When we come back, we are back with Negan. He comes to the sanctuary. He calls it home, sweet home. He goes inside and he does the Negan whistle as he looks over the place, I guess trying to recapture his former glory as the leader of the sanctuary. Uh-huh. He breaks through a wall, which uh, I guess he has hidden some supplies behind. He finds a motorcycle and some food, but the food has been eaten by rats. So he's not having much, not having much luck there. And a secret stash. Yeah. All sec- ru- overrun by rats. Yeah. That's a bummer. Good thing they didn't eat the motorcycle. It is good. Cause he's going to need it later. Yeah. Uh, he hears a noise behind a door and he finds a zombie there of Big Richie, a former savior, and he recognizes him. Yeah. It's nice to have friends. It is. It is nice to have friends. Uh, back at the hilltop, we have Aaron helping Michonne load up to leave. He tells her now that they have everything they need in Alexandria. He says he's realized this recently and that they have to get back there to take care of the place and of each other. So they're kind of coming together. As a bit of a, uh, a teammates, I guess, or, or good friends. Um, Daryl and Dog come down off the wall. Good old Dog. He's still around. I like Dog. Mm-hmm. And they realize that Alden and Luke should have been back. So 
They don't know what to do about that, but she asks Daryl to stay and help lead the hilltop with Tara. And she reminds him that he might have to do whatever it takes to uh, not bury more people. Yeah. Uh, back kill to- whoever you need to kill so that you don't have to bury anybody. Correct. Do whatever it takes. It's kind of counterintuitive, but whatever. Whatever, you know, it's, it's, uh, it'll work. Uh, back to Negan. He's kind of hanging around the sanctuary. We see him sitting in his office for a while. He doesn't have Lucille anymore, but he has like a lead pipe, which he can bang on the table. Yep. Um, he tries to build like a little living room down on the shop floor with a couch and some, some shelving and stuff like that. But right in the uh, middle of a puddle. Yeah. Like he just surrounds a puddle with furniture and he's like, I'm going to live here now. The whole place is kind of wet. So he just was using what he had. There's got to be, there's a second floor, right? Go upstairs. Well, or just make, you know, a more comfortable office space, to be honest. Um, but it, but it doesn't really. Isn't there, isn't there rooms? Like, it doesn't have to live on the middle of the floor there. No. Didn't they all have bedrooms at one point? They sure did. He even had like a really nice room up at the top. Remember? Yeah. I don't so, know. You know, what the hell, man? No, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why he didn't go up there. Nothing really seems to satisfy him at all. So he goes outside to kill some zombies for some fun, I guess, including Big Richie who's out there, but he doesn't kill Big Richie at first. First, he locks him, you know, he lures him to a door and then locks him just outside. Um, uh, He goes back in, he kind of looks over the ruins of the sanctuary some more, and um, and he takes out the compass that he stole from Judith, which for some reason convinces him to let Big Richie in, and he kills him too. So, just Negan's not really finding what he wants here. I think he's he's kind of a lost, broken man at this point. Yeah, you can never go home again. No, you can never go home. He's trying to, but it's not working out. So after a commercial break, uh, we come back and it's Jesus's funeral. Uh, People are hammering nails into his coffin. They all look really sad. And Daryl goes down to interrogate Lydia some more because that's what he needs to do. He kind of asks her the same questions like, who are you? How big is your group? You know, what's your name, etc. And this time, though, he's trying to be as threatening as possible, including physically threatening. You know, he picks her up, he pushes her against the wall, things like that. And Lydia says that there were 10 of them, that they wore skins to blend in, that they had names, but they don't use them. And she then reveals that her people don't really believe that walls keep you safe. Uh, You have to learn to live with the dead and consider everyone still alive a threat. So that's why they keep moving. They don't settle anywhere they just keep moving. There are there's no safety in having a walled community. Well, that's kind of a uh, you know that's not true because Lydia's there. Everybody else is there. She survived without walls. They seem to survive with walls. So her argument doesn't hold any water. No, I mean it's um, it seems to work both ways in in a sense. Yeah. Right. So yeah, and they're you know the fact that everybody's here in the same room is kind of proof. A little bit, yeah. Well, Daryl's getting more and more upset. He tries to drag her out, but Henry yells at him to stop. Lydia sort of begs for her life, and Daryl leaves her in his cell. But as he's leaving, he goes to Henry and tells him he can stay in his cell until he wises his ass up, (laughs) which is great. Um, And after Daryl leaves, Lydia thanks Henry for standing up for her, and they introduce each other 
to each other. They introduce themselves to each other. <laughs> nice. I like the way you phraseology that. Yeah, thanks. Um, and this is the point at which we find out her name is Lydia. So <laughs> we definitely know. Um, but outside, Daryl can hear them talking through the window. So Daryl knows what's going on in there. And just before we move on, Chris in Toronto sent this quick note in. He said, wouldn't it be awesome if Henry and Daryl planned it out that Henry would pretend to be supporting Lydia like good cop, bad cop? Oh, was that not obvious? It wasn't obvious to me. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but, oh, I thought, okay. But Sorry. I, I kind of, because he was outside talking. Uh, yeah, it, it all makes sense to me. It's exactly what was happening. That You didn't catch that? No, I didn't catch it at all. I thought Henry was genuinely feeling bad for her, and they were setting up this, like, maybe not partnership, but at least a the beginnings of a relationship between the two, some sort of sympathetic relationship. But as soon as I read this from Chris, I'm like, oh, my God, it all makes sense. Like, that's why we had that scene earlier with Daryl and Henry outside chatting. Even though they didn't talk about doing this, I think that's where they hatched this plan. And then we see the plan take place. And Henry, Henry's place at Hilltop is to, you know, befriend this, this um, prisoner and get information out of her. Yeah, they did the same thing in Lost when they threw uh, what's her name down the pit uh, with uh, Michael and Sawyer and Jin uh, when when they went to the other side of the island. I don't remember that, but I believe you. The second season, first episode of the what's her name? She was the police officer. Uh, she ended up. I don't know. I've only watched with Jack. I've only watched Lost all the way through once, not like the forty times you have. So I that's don't, crazy, man. I don't remember. Go back and watch it. I might someday. It's been know. like two years since I've seen Lost. I might go back and watch it like soon. Yeah. Well, you're due actually, but this whole thing, it just seems to make so much sense. It's a setup to yep. get information. And I didn't realize that while watching it. So, you know, if it doesn't play out this way, I'm going to be disappointed because it seems so obvious. Okay. Anyways. Well, yeah, it's got, yeah, it's totally what's happening. I think so. Um, anyways, we go back over to Negan. He's riding his motorcycle and like out of nowhere, Judith appears in the road in front of him, raises her gun and fires this time. I'm starting to wonder whether or not Judith is real. Like she just kind of appears out of nowhere all the time. eh? She shows up in Negan's path. She might be an apparition of uh, Negan's mind. Yeah, but her first appearance was in front of Luke and Magna and all those people, right? Not Negan. Yeah. Okay. Look, she's real. It's just kind of weird that she just shows up by, like, what's she doing outside of Alexandria by herself? She's eight she, years well, she old. She was outside? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's like uh, uh, Jack, or John Shepard, uh, Jack Shepard's dad, whatever his name is. He's, he was real, but he was also uh, an apparition. Maybe there is a real Judas, but this is not her. Are you sure you haven't watched Lost recently? Like, everything is coming back everything to Lost. Everything relates back to Lost. Don't you know that? It's like the Beatles of television shows. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, anyway, she's there on the road. She shoots at him. He crashes the motorcycle, avoiding the, the shot. And she reveals, after they start talking, that people are out looking for him, of course. They know he's gone now. And they have this funny exchange about his language, <laughs> which I like. <laughs> yeah. And then he offers to, he offers the compass back to her and he says that he's going back to Alexandria, back to his cell because 
he's realized that there's nothing out here for him anymore. Yeah. You know, he I mean, does. Well, when there's nothing out there and you got to survive on your own and obviously you can't find any decent food uh, and you're choking on the water, going back to your cell, they're going to feed you. It, right. It kind of seems like the best option for him at this point. You know, he says, there's just nothing for me here anymore. I don't have my people anymore. So at least in the cell, I had a place to live and things to eat. But he says he doesn't know what's going to happen after that. He's yep. just going to move back into the cell and die there someday. Um. Anyways, we cut over to Magna. She's with Enid on the wall at Hilltop. And they have a brief sort of bonding moment over being in relationships. And, of course, Enid is worried about Alden and Luke still being out there and not having come back yet. Speaking of those guys, we cut to them. They are walking through the forest, still following the arrow trail. And they are suddenly surrounded by walkers that turn out to not be walkers, but to be whisperers. They know because the zombies kind of stop advancing on them, which yeah, seems just weird. staring at them from all directions. Actually pretty creepy, to be honest with you. It was pretty ominous, yeah. You know? And one of them steps up, pulls out a shotgun, points it at them and says, the trail ends here. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. I counted more than 10. Well, it seemed like there was more than 10. So Lydia is lying. Lying, lying Lydia. Lying Lydia is definitely lying like a Lydia. I think there's a lot more than 10 uh, whisperers. And now... We've captured Lydia, but they've captured Alden and Luke. That's right. So uh, there's got to be some sort of prisoner exchange deal to be made, and Luke probably has to die. <laughs> you think so? You think Luke's uh, going to die? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure Come it's on, going to be- Come on, he's the first musician we've had. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be more complicated than that, but, you know, to be honest, I think- I have, a, I have this bad feeling that a lot of people are going to die in the second half of season nine. Okay. And it could be a lot of like secondary characters, but I think at least some of the uh, Luke group of people aren't going to survive. Uh, and I think a lot of our favorite characters, maybe not a lot, but I think some of our favorite characters aren't going to make it out of season nine. Oh, uh, that, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's, it's, it's going to be upsetting a little bit, but we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Um, but that's the end of the episode. So here we are, mid-season premiere. Jason, I have a few more thoughts on it, but what what did you think of this as a whole and sort of as the uh, the welcome back for the show for season nine? I don't know. I'm kind of in a weird, undecided state. I'm not sure whether uh, whether I liked it, and I I don't think it's a matter of uh, you know do I think it was bad or do I think it was good. I think it was it's a it's a matter of do I think it was okay or do I think it was really good. And I'm kind of like, I'm hovering on that 70% mark mm -hmm. and I'm kind of wondering whether it's below 70 or above 70, right? So it's not like a below 50, above 50 pass or fail kind of thing. It's more of a 70, it's hovering around 70, but if it's above 70, I'm okay with it. If mm -hmm. it's below 70, I'm like, I don't know. So I'm right on the edge there. I really like the, uh, the whispers. Yeah. Uh, I, at the end, I really like that. Um, I think the whole Lydia thing is going to be boring in the end. <laughs> Well, maybe. I, I mean, I think having a prisoner could be pretty fascinating. Uh, and, and I think the actress that played Lydia did a pretty good job. She seemed genuinely, like, terrified the whole time. Um, whether it's an act or not, I don't know. Like, I, 
I think it could go either way. She could be putting this on to just, you know, make it seem like the whisperers are way less terrifying or even way less organized than they actually are. Um, or she could be genuinely freaked out because she's young and doesn't know how to handle this kind of situation. So I don't know where, which way it's going, but I think the actress did a great job. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure about the Negan thing. He's getting a lot of screen time for someone who's not supposed to have a lot of screen time. Yeah. So he's going to die too, right? Is that what you're saying? No, I have a bad feeling that Negan is just going to survive and survive and survive. And all these other characters that we want to survive are going to die around him and he's still going to be there. Um, So I'll say that I think this was a little bit of a lackluster mid-season premiere. I wouldn't say it's bad, but I think you described it perfectly, like 70%. Like if it's below 70, you know, not great. If it's above 70, it's fine, but not amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it kind of falls right in that zone for me. I didn't love it. I thought there was way too much Negan. Like, I, I'm sorry, but I no longer give a shit what is happening with Negan. I just want him to stay in that cell and be forgotten about, to be honest with you. Yeah, forget about him for uh, six, seven episodes. Bring him back next season for a while. Let's check in on him, find out what's going on. You know, maybe he's uh, allowed to have his cell door open now so he can look out a window or two and he's not considered a flight risk because obviously he's not a flight risk anymore because he'll just keep coming back. I, I maybe, think maybe it's, he loves, maybe he loves everybody. Let, let him go. If, uh, if it comes back, it's yours. If it, if it doesn't come back, it was never yours. It maybe was, he loves everybody. So he came back. I don't know. I, I think having Negan in that cell for the last eight episodes was, the best use of the character they've had since he was introduced. I mean, or since maybe just after he was introduced. And I know that's controversial, but like, you know, he's, he's there and he's manipulating people, but in a very restrained kind of way, he's befriending Judith, you know? And I think it's fascinating to see what effect he would have on her from the cell. Now that he's out, you know, He's wandering around, he's suffering, he goes back to the sanctuary, he's totally aimless. You know, he thinks he's going back to find something that he used to have, and it's not there anymore. And I get it, that's the point, he's aimless, he doesn't have a purpose anymore, but like, oh my god, I'm I'm just not interested in it yeah. anymore. And I think he could probably be a more interesting character trying to... Um, trying to just do his thing from that cell. So if they put him back in the cell now, and this was the episode where he needed, you know, we needed for him to discover that, then fine. I think that'll be okay. But um, I was, I was really kind of underwhelmed with the amount of Negan in this episode. Yeah. I, well, obviously they could have cut it out entirely. It would have been fine. It would have been fine. And wouldn't have changed the episode at all. No, not at all. In fact, they could have done everything else without any of that. Um, this was a 52 minute episode, something like that. So, um, there was no reason for it to be an extra 10 or 12 minutes long. I don't think. And again, if they'd cut out all the Negan stuff, it wouldn't have made any difference. Uh, and I know they're probably, they're probably working to set something up later on, but, um, it seems a little, you know, a little silly for now. Um, but I also thought that there was, you know, a few examples, and I, I talked about it a little bit before, of 
just some kind of weak kind of on the nose dialogue here with um with some of the characters just saying things that are obvious that people in real life don't say and i know this is a tv show so that happens sometimes but another example with tara was um she at one point said i'm going to let that group you brought in stay referring to magna and luke and all those folks it's my call now that's what he would have done and and i just thought to myself yeah we we know you're sort of the new leader <laughs> we know this is what you're going to do you don't have to tell us that they're now part of the group um it just felt it, it felt like they were incorporating Tara for kind of no reason other than just to remind us that she's the leader and sure we've had a few months off but I think we all get it right you know what I'm I mean? gonna tell you a story you want a story I'd love a story as long when as I first short. started dating Jenny my wife uh one day we were out uh out of the bar and we were having dinner and smoking because you could smoke at a bar and that was awesome uh so we were sitting there smoking and uh she's said you're awfully quiet because I tend to be quiet sometimes. Uh, I'm not much of a conversationalist on some, some occasions. Uh, but what I decided to do that night was to just narrate everything, everything, every thought that came into my head, everything that I was doing, I was just a stream of consciousness talking. Uh, to this day, she considers that the best date we've ever been on. And she still married you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just talking about the obvious and saying the obvious is not necessarily a bad thing. When we're done this podcast and you're done editing it, go upstairs and, you know, look Christina right in the eye and say, you know what? You're my wife and I know you're in charge. And it's obvious. Everybody knows it, but it doesn't hurt to say it. It just helps to reinforce the point. It just reinforces the point. Yeah. I mean, you're not really, there's nobody else there around. I, mean, I assume your kids will be asleep. So you're not doing it for an audience to get them up to speed on uh, what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're stating the obvious. You know it, she knows it. Uh, but, you know, it's not a bad thing. All right. So fine. Stating the obvious is, obvious is good once in a while. Um, but I, But maybe I'm just a little bit let down because I feel like the writing in the first half of season nine was almost universally amazing. You know what I mean? And now we get this episode that has a lot of problems, I thought. The writing was one of them. Negan was one of them. Just overall, like, excitement factor didn't really grab me as much in this episode. And so maybe my expectations were a little bit high. But at the same time, you know what? If you, if you set my expectations up there, hit that bar. And I think they can do it. And they didn't really do it in this episode. Yeah. You've also got to listen to Aaron Sorkin. You know Aaron Sorkin, writer? Yeah. Uh, he, you know, that, uh, that website masterclass. I do. I wish I really want a subscription to that, that masterclass thing. Anyway, he, uh, on the, uh, the trailer for his masterclass on writing a television show, he says, if you tell the audience something you've, they already know you failed as a writer. Well, that's exactly what was happening here. Yeah. So there's a flip side. Yeah. Well, on the one hand, you can really entertain my wife on a date. On the other hand, Aaron Sorkin says it's wrong. So what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> if anyone out there, if you ever really want to entertain Jenny's wife or Jason's wife Jenny. on a date, <laughs> you know what to do now. Stream of consciousness. <laughs> well, you know, I'll try it next time on a, I'm on a date. We'll see how yeah. it goes. You just sit there and you're like, you know what? I'm going to have a drink. You're going to have a drink. You know, I'm going to light another cigarette. I really feel like having another cigarette. And then I'm going to reach over here and I'm going to get this, uh, the menu and I'm going to have a look at the menu. Oh, look at this. I have French fries here. I can, uh, you know, just, you know, stream of consciousness. I'm going to subtly sh shift my legs to, uh, scratch my balls right now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, 
There's, yeah, in that stream of consciousness thing, there's no such thing as too much information. So away you go. Impossible. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Um, season nine has been amazing, in my opinion, so far. And this episode was, at this point, probably the low point for me. But having said that, I don't think it was a bad episode. We're just easing back into the second half. That's that's how I see it. And it's going to take off from here. Okay. I think we're no going to- more Negan. Less Negan. Better better writing. Better writing. I think we're going to have a lot of intensity with these Whisperers. I think they are going to be a more formidable group than Lydia is letting on. And the whole Henry Daryl setup thing, which I hope is true, uh, you know, is going to be a fun reveal. Probably next episode, let's say. Um, But if not, it could. I mean, maybe it'll drag on for a while. And uh, Henry will be pretending to be her uh, her confidant for a long time. Yeah. I don't know. They'll get married. (laughs) We finally have a love interest. And suddenly he'll be like, you know, when we first met, that was a setup. And then we got that whole thing to deal with. Yeah, that's a that's a rom com, is what that is. That's romantic comedies. They're all like that. There's a you know, there's a misunderstanding or some kind of nefarious type of situation at the beginning, and uh, they eventually get together and forgive each other for being complete assholes. Right. That's how these things work. Well, maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is going to do it for this episode. So, um, season nine, it's back, everybody. We've got uh, seven more episodes to get through. We have our feedback episodes to get to, so make sure you get some feedback in so we can read it and listen to it and play it here on an upcoming podcast. Um, But that's it. I'm very excited. I'm glad. I'm glad we're back doing the regular thing here. And I'm glad and excited. Good. Excited and glad, glad and excited, and generally jovial. Yes. Uh, all right. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do that by going to our website at talkingdeadpodcast.com. You can find all of our old episodes there, all 415 before this one. And, uh, you can also click on send voicemail at the top to record a message and send it right into us. Um, even better is to use the voice memo app on your phone, record it and email it to us. That generally yields pretty good quality. Um, you can also send email to talking dead podcast at gmail.com. That's a great way to get in touch. You can find us on Twitter at talking dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead. There's a the in there. Um, that's it, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back in a few days with some feedback, we hope. And, uh, until then it's been great. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Ah, hello. I'm sorry I didn't see you there. Please, come in. Chris and Jason have just popped off to change into something a little more comfortable. You know what those boys are like. Please, sit down. Help yourself to a drink. And welcome to the Talking Dead After Hours. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Talking Dead After Dark. A little bit of an impromptu After Dark here, or After Hours. It's After Hours, not After Dark. It's still After Dark. (laughs) Fair enough. Outside it is dark. Um, It is a couple of days later 
since we recorded the main podcast. And the reason we are back here tonight doing this is that during the regular podcast, we talked a little bit about uh, Denai Gurira and season 10 and whether or not she'd be back to the show. And since then, some news has broken or was broken by the Hollywood Reporter about her future on the show. So we thought best to get back behind the microphones and talk about it briefly uh, and you know, instead of pretending that it just never happened. Yeah. It's a little bit kind of a weird coincidence, but there you are. A little bit weird. Yeah. A little bit weird. Um, And then before we wrap up, after we talk about this, I have a funny clip to play for you, Jason. So we'll do that at the end. Sure. 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 So we were chatting about deny and season 10. So, and then the Hollywood reporter ran this story and I'm just going to read a couple of uh, paragraphs from the article. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that Guerrera, who officially joined the series in Season 3 as iconic katana-wielding badass Michonne, has signed a deal to return for her final season of the zombie drama. Under her new deal, Guerrera will return in a limited capacity, described uh, described as only a handful of episodes that will be interspersed throughout Season 10. The actress, playwright, and social activist will then likely segue to the three Walking Dead movies that AMC is planning with former leading man Andrew Lincoln. The latter has played the central role of Rick Grimes since the pilot and departed in the first half of season nine. AMC and representatives for Guerrera declined comment. God damn it. Okay, so there's a lot of information in that in those two paragraphs. First of all. She's signed to come back to the show for season 10. All right. Good for everybody, I guess. Good news. Good news, right? We want Michonne on the show. The the real question I have is how many episodes can you fit in your hand? Like a handful of episodes? What does that mean? Like how many angels can dance on the head of a pin? It's an unanswerable question because it's ridiculous in its premise. Well, I'm going to say it's somewhere between 1 and 16. Okay. Well, yes, you have a point there. (laughs) If we use the real number system and the expected number of episodes per season, mm-hmm. yes. I'm going to go with three. Well, Andrew Lincoln was in five, right? I think yep. they I think they advertised it as six, but then he was in five. Maggie was in the same number. Uh, Lauren Did Cohen. they say it was a handful? They didn't say it was a handful. I don't know if they used the terminology handful, but. Uh, so we can't, we can't assign a number to it based on previous experience. I'm going to go with three. Okay, three. That's not very many. The other thing I thought was interesting about the statement, though, was that it would be interspersed throughout season 10. Unlike Rick and Maggie, who were in the straight run from the beginning until they were done, it sounds like Michonne will be, will be, you know, dispersed throughout the entire season, season 10. She won't be in like one through four or one through three. She'll be in one, four, six, 11, 12 or something like that. That's crazy how are they going to do that i mean because as like they film the uh, the episodes in order pretty much right pretty, like roughly pretty much. yeah they might you know mix a couple of episodes here and there but if they're going to have deny guerrero stick around for part of a season it's not going to be the first two weeks of shooting and then have her disappear for seven weeks and then come back for another three days and then disappear for another four days and then come back for another day and a half right it's just the shooting schedule has to work around that they'd have to shoot all of the episodes that she was in while she was there i mean at least for efficiencies you'd think they would do it that way because you're right it doesn't make sense to have her leave for six weeks come back for three days of filming and then go away again 
Well, it's not like flights are free either, right? And I don't think Denai Guerrero is going to be paying for flights to come back to to film The Walking Dead. So it's an expense. I'm sure it's an expense for AMC if they want to do it that, that way. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's so uh, they're obviously not going to do that because, you know, they got they have to make their oodles and oodles of money. Yeah. They, want, they don't want to spend an, an extra fifteen twenty thousand $20,000 on airfare. No, I guess not. First, First class. class. <laughs> First <laughs> class airfare, yeah. yeah. Um, so who knows what that means? I, I guess it doesn't make sense to have her sprinkled out throughout the season. So is she going to be back for three to five episodes at the beginning of season 10 and then roll on out into the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah, she might be in episodes one, two, and four. Sure. Right? Or one, two, one, three, and five kind of thing. Because you can take a couple of weeks off and maybe not... Leave or they the can state. they can juggle the recording schedule or the, the filming schedule based on that, right? It's like they know the first block of episodes before they start filming. It's just like, well, if we're going to have Denai Guerrera do uh, have a conversation in episode three, let's just film that. You know, it's only going to yeah. take a couple of days and we'll just film that and get it out of the way. Yeah, they'll work around that kind of thing if they need to, I guess. Yep. Anyways, so handful of episodes and then segue to the three Walking Dead movies that AMC is planning with former leading man Andrew Lincoln. I'm really mad at these movies. I don't know why I'm irrationally mad at these movies. I don't like the fact that they exist. I was looking, I wanted, and I think I may have alluded to this when Andrew Lincoln first left the show. I'm like, he's just going to leave and be on a helicopter and go and we never know what happens to him. I'm okay with that. I think that's cool. As a, as a logical ending, it doesn't make any sense, but as a moral ending, I thought it was great. He gets airlifted to the unknown. Is he dead? I don't know. But now they're making movies. I'm, uh, I was a little let down, I got to tell you. Mm-hmm. And now that Denai Guerrera has basically said, well, if Andrew Lincoln can segue into movies, I want to do that too. Sure. And so she's leaving to go do the movies. And I, now I'm, I'm officially irrationally mad at the movies. I... You know, I was kind of excited for the movies. I don't think they're a terrible idea. Uh, I don't think they're the best idea ever, because I agree with you. Having him fly away into that helicopter was not the worst ending for Andrew Lincoln and the character. Um, The movies themselves, they could go either way. I mean, they could be brilliant for all we know. But, But incorporating too many or too much of the rest of the cast seems weird because even if it's just Michonne, because like these movies we assume are going to take place during the six year gap between him leaving and basically seven year old Judith showing up. Right. Well then how in the flying salmon hill cheeseburger is Michonne supposed to be in those movies? Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't make any sense because we're watching her post movie storylines right now then. And so she, the character leaves, goes and does the thing, comes back and still nobody knows what happened to Rick. They must know what happened to Rick then. We have to, we have to assume that at least Michonne knows what happened to Rick during those movies. But then how do you reconcile that with that conversation she just had with Daryl in this episode while they're walking down the, down the road and apologizing to each other for like never finding him sort of thing. Unless they're going to do some weird retcon bullshit to get this worked in. I mean, unless we completely misread that scene or we just don't have enough information yet. But you're right. It feels like they're going to have to retcon everything to, to inject her into those stories, but still make this current time frame make sense. Oh, I get it now. All zombie movies just started to make sense to me. 
You know how everybody says that uh, the zombie virus comes from space or movies tell us that the zombie virus potentially comes from space? And that's been a it's thing not, in some. Yeah. It's not true. The zombie virus comes from the future. It's a fucked up side effect of time travel. Oh, so yeah. Okay. So there's going to be time travel. <laughs> Maybe. That's the only way they can explain it, right? <laughs> it's one way, for sure. Maybe, maybe Michonne and Rick are the cause of the zombie apocalypse. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> that makes, it all makes sense now. In Yeah, in the worst possible way. I hope that's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. not. I hope that's or not. she wakes up and the whole thing's a dream. Yeah, there's always that. There's always <laughs> that thing that Kirkman has always promised would never be the case. Yeah, but uh, time travel side effect. He never promised that wouldn't happen. No, you're right. <laughs> That's the one thing he hasn't said. So it could yeah. be the truth. Uh, anyways, I think this has just opened up more questions right at, at this point than it has provided answers. But all we can say right now is that, you know, enjoy Michonne while she lasts, everybody, because she's going to be in the next eight episodes or I guess seven at this point plus yep. a handful next season, and that's it. And then, who are we stuck with from the original cast? Daryl and Carol. Daryl and Carol, yeah, okay. And the two of them are great. I, you know, Daryl's been better than he has been in a long time this season, and Carol has always been pretty solid. Um, but those two seem like they're going to stick around for a while, because both of them have these huge, uh, wide-ranging agreements with AMC that even if they're no longer on the main show, they're still contracted to the universe. So they can be, they can show up on fear. They can have their own shows. They can have their own movies. They can probably make video games with those characters. They're not going anywhere. Um, yeah. So at least, at least there's that, I guess. I don't have any concerns for this show. I don't, uh, I really don't. I think that you could probably lift Michonne out of this show now and it'd be fine. It's always been an ensemble cast. Uh, we've already had some significant upsets as far as main characters leaving. Yeah. So lift out another main character and rely on the ensemble cast. Fine. I don't have any problems with, with uh, Denai Guerrero leaving the show. I don't have any problems with Michonne not being on this show anymore. I think it, the show will be fine. I'm mad at the movies. In order, I'm, I'm going to have a really hard time uh, opening up my, uh, my psyche to accept those movies on face value rather than me being uh, just angry at them from the outset. And I may need to take part in uh, Canada's uh, recently legalized marijuana laws in order to get through it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a long time since that kind of thing happened in my life. And the last time I can tell you, I did not like it. Didn't go well. <laughs> but it didn't go well. But then again, we sat down and we watched Glitter. You know that movie with... Uh, What's her name? Uh, singer. Like Mariah Carey or something? Mariah Carey. Yeah. We sat down and we uh, smoked a joint. The three of us smoked one joint and watched Glitter. And it was the worst night of my life. Yeah. For the record, he's not talking about me. This was someone else. Yeah. It was someone else. <laughs> All right. Well, that's why you don't know that uh, we watch Glitter, right? Yeah, that's I know. But proof. you said the three of us. It sounds like you're talking uh, about Sorry, us. me and, and the band I was in at the time. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was awful. I hated it. I'm never doing, I haven't marijuana again, but I might have to. <laughs> and now that it's legal, there's no reason why not. Well, I hate to tell you, but we definitely are going to watch those movies and talk about them here. So I know. Maybe we'll I need cannabis to get through it. We'll have to I see. don't know. 
Okay. I'm going to explore options to expand my mentality. Anyhow, just before we wrap up, that was my last sort of question for you is, is do you think the show can sort of survive and or be the same without Rick, Maggie and Michonne? And clearly you do. The show will be fine. It might not be the same, but it'll be fine. And I would tend to agree that with that because it's easy to forget about the fact that we have a whole bunch of characters that we like. We've got Ezekiel. We've got you know, Alden <laughs> new character, yeah. new ish character. Um, and Daryl and, and Carol and, and Tara and, and Rosita in there and Eugene still hanging around. You know, we have yeah. these characters that we still enjoy watching. So and now we have Enid and we also have Lydia. Lydia's not going anywhere. Right. I don't know. I have no, I don't think so. At least not for now. Um, yeah, she's going to be guest star for a little while and then she'd be brought into recurring and then all of a sudden she'll be in the main cast and then, uh, you know, Lydia will take the whole show. When Rita's will leave, yeah, and, and that's three, it. In three years from now, when Rita's and and Melissa McBride leave, then it'll be yeah. the Enid show. You know, Enid and Lydia team up, buddy cop movie. <laughs> your your <laughs> dreams will be fulfilled. <laughs> that's true. All right. Well, anyways, we just wanted to to get to that because it was you know big news that came out, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it more as the season goes on and. We'll have to figure out how the hell this whole Michonne joining the movies things work. Maybe those movies don't take place during that six year time period. I don't know. Well, what the hell does Rick do for six years? Then? That's what we're all wondering. Really? He's hanging out on a beach, getting some rays. <laughs> Maybe. I don't Relaxing. know. I mean, he deserves a break, but damn it. Okay. So you're telling me that uh, Rick is gone. Carl is gone. Michonne is leaving. What about Judith? She's going to be left all alone, this little girl? Yeah, she's going to be the last surviving uh, Grimes family member on the show. She's not going to have a, a mother, a uh, mother figure, a father, brother, all these people, her whole family. How sad is that, that she's going to be left behind? Maybe she's leaving the show, too. We just don't know it yet. I I'd like the... Uh, I like the Judith character right now, and that'd be sad to see, but it would be awful if she was just left behind with nobody. I mean, she'll move in with somebody else. Someone else will become her primary caregiver. I'm not worried about that. still not a happy time for a little girl. No, it's not. It isn't for sure. Um, But I guess the other thing here is that we're overlooking is that they've basically told us that Michonne will be leaving the show, but not killed off. Yes. So hopefully she takes... Judith with her. It may, she might take Judith with her, but if we are technically in the future, she could be killed off and still be in the movies. See, we don't this, know anything. <sighs> As usual. You think that, but Michonne comes back and doesn't tell anybody that Rick is still alive, including Judith? No. Yeah. It, none of it makes sense right now. That's awful human being. That makes her awful instead of the situation awful. Well, let's, all right, let's not jump to any conclusions. I'm jumping to all the conclusions. All right. Well, all of them. Simultaneously, even conflicting ones. I'm jumping to them all. Fine. If if you ever come up, when you come up with another one, let us know. All right. We'll, another conclusion. Another conclusion, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair well, enough. that's that. Just before we end, um, one of our listeners uh, posted on our Facebook page that she was scrubbing through our last podcast and, uh-huh. and looking for a particular part to play for a family member of hers. And she came across this clip out of context and thought it was funny. Here's what I had to say last episode. If they let you bang Lucille on the desk, I would totally pay for that. 
<laughs> well, there you go. There you go. I think we can end on that note. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. How much we'll... would it cost? That's the only question I would have. Yeah, I I don't know. Probably. Uh, <laughs> well, I have no idea. We'll have to think about that. <laughs> out of context, that's a weird thing to say. A little bit, but funny nonetheless. It is funny. Thank All right. You. See you soon, everyone. Bye.